0: Good morning, good evening, whatever it may be. Here we are again with my good friend, Ramin. This is the second part of our long ass talk that we had a while back when he was visiting me. Uh, much to my surprise and Ramin's as well, that episode got a lot of attention, um, from people from all over the world. Everybody responded to Ramin's honesty openness and his unique perspective on life, the world, living in America, and especially growing up as a metalhead in Iran, Uh, so much so that even Decibel Magazine took note of it, and they featured Ramin in a short little piece um, in their latest issue, so if you haven't checked that out, you probably should. It is uh, very cool, and we were both very excited that that happened. Um. In other news, I've cut back a little bit on the podcasting because other aspects of my life have been overtaking that a bit. I've got a solo tour coming up in the Northwest uh, in May that I'm preparing for. I've got a couple of mixing jobs in right now that I am working on heavily. Um, also, the new sculptured record. We are in the uh, process of recording, um, and I'm mixing that a little bit as well at the moment. Um, and, of course, the... A uh, long-awaited karata record. Uh, we should have details on that very, very soon. But anyway, um, you know, point being is I've got some other shit I've had to deal with and other priorities that have more of a time sensitivity than this podcast. So I think until maybe June or so, this will be more of like a once, a once a month type of thing. But, you know, we'll kind of see. Um, I've had two scheduled podcasts Uh, recordings that have fallen through in the last month, so that's also kind of uh, put me a little bit behind. Uh, So it works out really well that I have this portion of the Ramin one left to do. Um, And yeah, the Ramin one, like I said, got a really good response, and I feel like the second part is just as interesting, Um, a few more beers were consumed. At this point so it's a little bit more loose maybe a little bit less coherent um but yeah i mean i think everybody will enjoy this one just as much as the first part and uh yeah in the future i have a couple of things lined up for guests but like i said uh, it's just going to be a little bit more lazy as far as the schedule goes for a little bit anyway um I would also like to bring everyone's attention to the Radical Research Podcast, recently launched by my friend Jeff Wagner. It's a fantastic podcast. Uh, so far, the first episode was on Ulver's William Blake record. Uh, the latest one was on Don Swanya, better known as Dan Swano, from Edge of Sanity, Pandemonium, uh, producer extraordinaire in Sweden, all that. Uh, it's, it's a great, great podcast. You should also check that out. Uh, of course, my one of my best friends in the world, Aesop, his podcast, Death Metal Dads. I'm sure you're all familiar with that. But if you're not, you should check it out. It's amazing. Anyway, I'm not good at these monologue things, but I figured for the second episode of uh, Ramin's podcast, it kinda of warranted this an intro of sorts. And I also wanted to let everyone know that uh, you're not gonna get as many episodes here for a little bit and explain why. Um, I guess in the beginning I didn't really feel about didn't really feel like doing these monologue type of things because I don't really have much to say when it's just me. But honestly, uh the last few months the listenership, if that's a word, has really gone through the roof. We're getting a lot of downloads, a lot of listeners. I'm getting quite a bit of feedback, so I don't know. Maybe it warrants it. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just thought that uh, this format for a podcast was a good idea. I've been getting lots of good feedback on it, so I don't know. I'm just continuing along with it. It's it's fun, and the guests have seemed to have a good time. Uh, Our last one, uh, Ash from Insect Dark and Taurus. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed that episode. Um, you know, I still get comments about the Menchi episode. Still get comments about most of them. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, specifically this Ramin episode is really... Just really, I don't know, kind of exploded in a way. Uh, because his, his he's such a great guy and his story is so interesting. So... Anyway, here's the second part. Like I said, we're a little bit inebriated. A few beers in. Um, Mostly intoxicated by the music, to be honest. But uh, anyway, I'm going to stop this rambling, awkward monologue. I will try to do better at these in the future. Um, You know, if I could just say a few words, then I'd be a better public speaker. If that makes sense, which it doesn't. Uh, So anyway, uh, if you're in the Northwest, come see my solo tour. Uh, I'm performing under my own name for the very first time ever. Uh, Jason W. Walton. I am hitting Vancouver, BC. Shit, I don't know the dates. May 8th. Seattle. Seattle. May 9th Portland May 10th, Oakland May 11th and and LA May 12th. I am touring with compactor from New York City. We've got some amazing amazing people on this bill with us. Uh, it's just the two of us touring, but each city we've gotten some great great locals and others to support us. Uh, it's going be it's going to be some of the finest experimental, musicians you're going to be able to find. Um, really, really looking forward to that. So come out to those shows, and hopefully soon we'll have some news on the Karata record and also the Sculptured record. And, uh, yeah, hopefully another episode here soon-ish. But uh, I'm sure that you'd rather listen to my beautiful persian beast ramin yak at you than me so here we are with ramin from the end of january my birthday time love it can you dig it hand me that bottle
1: oh please yes absolutely so we stopped by edgefield today yes mcminimans and you decided to get a very special present yeah for tonight
0: i got this uh barley wine from mcminimans edgefield here in portland called longest night of the year it's a barrel aged barley ale it says here but usually that means barley wine Mm mm-hmm um it is a very respectable 11.5% sweet. Uh and yeah, I've never had this before, but I really like barley wines and I thought it would be a good celebratory type yeah. of situation. So, I'm excited. Let's uh let's never, open this never, up never and had, try it. Never had. Yeah, you don't really know barley no. wine, huh? uh uh-uh. oh This might be a really bad introduction, but um as of the last few years, Macminnims has been really good. With their alcohol, it used to be that they're like really subpar. If you want to pass me your uh, glass, there, I'll, I will I'll, pass you my glass. Yeah, pass me your glass. There you go. I will pour it for you. I
2: love that. Okay. So.
0: So this is eleven point five. So. Easy. Easy.
1: <laughs> Easy for you. I mean, when you love double, triple IPA... Yes. It shouldn't be a trouble, but I'm looking forward to it.
0: But sometimes these things are super sweet. Huh. Um,
1: so as I told you earlier... Look at that um, color. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, the, You know, alcohol is also the same as metal. It's completely prohibited in iran yeah and and i shared this story with one of my friends he was like so what's funny yeah it was like actually
0: yeah right metal alcohol like uh, dude that makes women have to cover themselves yeah what's what's to live for
1: well that's the fun part like you don't follow the rules and you just break the rules all the time and that's that's the that's the best part of it
0: here smell this before you take a drink
1: Smells very familiar actually, but I'm sure I've never had this drink. But I think it's a uh, Smell barley. Yeah, I mean it's it's basically
0: I mean it's aged in Uh-huh. Ooh,
1: it smells I, like Hammerheart beers.
0: Yeah, that I like mean The Hammerhart
1: beers are just
0: This is Okay, so what is it? This is aged in something. It says uh aged in Hoghead whiskey barrels. Okay, so Hammerhart does a lot stuff, of Yeah. Yeah. They age so but still like what they do are not barley wines. So what they do are like maybe like 8, 9% at the very most. Uh-huh. This is 11.5. Okay.
1: So. Skull. Skull. Oh, this is very tasty. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. There
0: was one time mm. when I was a kid that I took an entire brick of Velveeta cheese and ate it. <laughs> That's what this tastes like. A brick of Velveeta cheese.
1: Hmm. I'm not sure if I've ever had that cheese, actually. I'm but... totally
0: lying. It's, it tastes nothing like cheese. It but tastes yeah. like a standard barley wine. It's it's a little bit sweet, a little uh-huh. thick. Almost like cough syrup in a way.
2: Hmm.
1: So, I was telling you this story about alcohol in Iran. Yes. So, many of the, the kids that... You will probably see here in U.S. That Iranian um, kids that they drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. They actually start drinking back in Iran, and um, it is completely illegal. It has a very bad punishment. In fact, if the the cops can find you um, drunk, um, it has a very severe punishment. But um, the thing is, it's a there's a very just uh, widespread black market around it. Okay. So, you know, there is whiskey there. There is vodka there. There is wine. There there are com- some beers, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just underground black market. Right. And uh, but the main drink that is in Iran and it's kind of like the original drink from Iran is in a, is a very distilled drink from grape. It's called Arak, and uh, this is.
0: It's like a grappa. Not, i
1: but Yeah. It's very similar to that bottle that you showed me today at the edge fill yeah uh, I'm not exactly sure about the ABV but it's certainly above 60 it's between like 65-70% mm-hmm. it's very yeah. strong but at the same time very aromatic and very just delicious and uh, yeah missing it a lot but this this reminded me of a little bit of arak too mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah this has a nice mm-hmm. like reddish Amber color?
2: hmm
0: Yeah.
1: It's good. Uh, okay. All right. What are you going to play for me? I'm going
0: to play something that... When, when this band was active and these uh-huh. records were coming out, I adored this band. I haven't listened to them probably since the mid-'90s. Pretty much like everything I've played tonight. But this one, I'm afraid that my palette now is going to reject this band harshly i'm very nervous that i'm going to play this and think it's totally garbage but back in the day i loved it so it's all good let's see and i had a major crush on one actually two of the members there's two of them yeah not even one. yeah they and they they did the whole cheesy like mid ninety mid nineties black metal thing where they had like one of the members was like naked on the cover but like superimposed under a waterfall hmm but they had they had two I still remember the one girl's name elena where's the band from you know I'm not positive I'd have to look that up i I want to say Austria but I think that's wrong but they had two girls in the band and they're both gorgeous and they just they totally capitalized on it like literally they had mm-hmm. one of them on the cover n- fully naked but small and like superimposed on this waterfall the covers were awful but I, I just I loved this band so let's let's see if it's still as awful as I <laughs> suspect it might be
1: expose me to an awful music music
2: hmm
0: oh no this is awesome yeah
1: and it's not credible field
0: no all metal archives and see where they're from Norway of course hmm
1: Are they there any major label?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe they're a napalm. Oh, nuclear blast.
1: And it's not Demo Burger, too? No. What happened?
0: That's just YouTube having a hiccup there. The cover I'm looking at right now has one of the members completely naked in a waterfall, and the other member swimming in a lake, naked. <laughs> well, I dig the riff. No, this, this riff... is great. I don't. I'm not embarrassed with this at it's all. It's not this cheesy is... at
1: all. No, it's awesome. Cool that in '90s. Yeah, that, that's a bit much, but.
0: I just have a hard time dealing with those operatic female vocals sometimes in music like this. Now, like this is this is fine.
1: So I have a question for you. Yes. Is any of these girls um, that Kimberly that you told me? Kim Goss. No. Yeah.
0: No, Kim Goss was in many Norwegian symphonic bands, but not this one. Not this one. Huh. But man, I just, like, I obsessed over this band. I think if... Let's see what Metal Archive says, but I think they had two EPs and one full-length. Oh no, they had another full-length that I forgot about that was awful. Oh, and and another one too, so two full-lengths that I forgot about that were awful. Okay, let's look at the members and see what's up there The guitar player was also in Imperium but not the Imperium Imperium with an I not an E Oh,
1: I don't also- know that one, but I know that why the one with Y.
0: yeah, Also, Gehenna, but I don't think it's the good Gehenna, I think it's the other Gehenna. (laughs) Let's see. Oh no, it's the good Gehenna. Was he he a
1: live member or like a actual Uh, member? Let's see.
0: He's an actual member. Huh. And then the keyboardist was also in apostasy. I don't know that band. Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit much for me now. It's, mm-hmm. but the riffs are great. If it wasn't for the over the top vocals, I'd be like super into this. But it's a little bit much for me now. But man, the riffs and the keyboards are awesome.
1: That no, really surprised me. I, I haven't heard this.
0: Let's see, the, this was 96. That surprises me. I, I would have said earlier. Their last full length was 2001. Hmm. This makes me think of another thing to put on my list. It's a little over the top.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Where are they
0: that band is called Dismal Euphony.
1: I never heard his name.
0: And that album is called I'm gonna slaughter this this name. It's Norwegian, obviously. Surya Moria Slot. Hmm. When I was super into that band, my friends and I called it Sorry Marie is a slut. <laughs> But yeah, you gotta check out this cover. It's not quite as revealing as maybe I led you to believe, but still.
1: Um oh. I see the girl
0: now. Yeah. And on <laughs> and I could be wrong, it might be the, the it might be the EP. There's it they had an EP called Spellbound, but I I swear there was at least one record where they're like fully naked on the inside of the record. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean I think was that cradle of the cradle of filth that started that that whole thing? Like, I mean, like naked girls. Yeah, I mean, and...
0: yeah, I think so. With like the blood and I mean, yeah. but like I, that's been going on for quite a while. Like the dwarves did that in the eighties, like with punk and. But I think as far as black metal goes, I think that was you know a cradle of filth thing uh-huh. initially. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like around that period of time was very much. Like, people started, like, really embracing, like, female vocals mm-hmm. and, like, the operatics and, like, the romanticism and the vampiricism and black metal. And it's interesting. Like, you don't really see that stuff anymore. Yep. Totally past that phase. Yeah. Like, I, you,
1: you would see that even, like, early 2000 in death metal, like, as a, having female vocals. Yeah. For, like, the bands like Arch Enemy. Like, that right. was one, like, mm-hmm. good example. Yeah. And then there were so many Doom bands that they would do the dual vocal of yeah. like one like, baby just like, like Theatre of Tragedy or yeah. Lacuna
0: Coil. Draconian. and Yeah. And uh, I just, you know, honestly, like the stuff like Lacuna Coil and that stuff, I just I can't stomach it.
1: Yeah. It's just it's well Lacuna Coil is actually one of the the worst examples that you can think, but Draconian, I don't know if you have ever heard Draconian or not. Uh they're not from Sweden. Yeah. But um they were actually on a on a better uh, yeah. Have than the WhatsApp, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was like, I remember there was a time around like late, um, like uh, the first decade, two thousand around two thousand seven mm-hmm. eight. The it was kind of like oversaturated, like there mm-hmm. were so many, so many bands that they were well, doing that just... like dual vocal thing. And it's not so much even the dual vocal thing. It's
0: for me, it was more. I felt like a lot of bands. It was a novelty, mm-hmm. and. I mean, dismal euphony was like maybe one of the worst examples or best examples, uh, depending on how you look at it. But it was like this novelty to have a female vocalist, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, we're just going to like scatter these like little bit of female vocals there to like have something that's different. And it, and it's almost for me to always, it almost felt like, so we're this black metal band. We're Mm -hmm. like totally like outsider. We're totally cult. We're outside of the mainstream, but to give us like, like back in the day, like black metal kids really thought that they were classical musicians. I mean, it's true. Like, and it started in my opinion, it started with emperor, you know, emperor had this elitist attitude. They dressed elite. They, I mean, their music is, very symphonic in a true way not in aetherian way mm-hmm. but in a very like true accurate way and i feel like a lot of these bands incorporated things like female vocals thinking this will legitimize their black metal to a larger audience and all this yep. and bands like dismal euphony took it to just like a different like a whole new level But then the bands like Arch Enemy and all that, like, it's almost like a mix between that, but like with pop metal. Yeah. And like, I mean, there's nothing like real redeeming about a band like Arch Enemy or Lacuna Coil. Like they're, they're fine, but that's it, you know?
1: Well, about the black metal part of it, I have like an idea. That I believe um, it was because it actually started again um, in the late 90s. And that was during the time that the whole black metal was just blooming and just, Mm -hmm. you know, exploding and getting very, taking the very first steps of becoming commercialized. Yeah. And uh, it was around that time that like there were bands, like many accused demo board As, like, one of those, like, bands that are really commercial right. black men. I have but
0: very strong opinions about yeah, this. But yeah, but, like,
1: you know, in my opinion, like, bands like Dimmu Borgir, like, I don't like many of the Dimmu Borgir stuff, but some of their stuff, some of their, like, early stuff. And also, like, the, that album that they have, 1996. Um, again, I forgot the name of the Spiritual album. Spiritual
0: Black Dimensions? Um, no. No. Must be
1: the, the one after that one. That, uh, it has a song, Morning Palace. Oh
0: in throne darkness triumphant it was before spiritual black dimension oh okay yeah yeah so that was their not i want you to continue your thought but that was the first like polished black mm -hmm. metal album so it was the very first and
1: it had a lot of symphonic um yes composition yeah and parts into it and i know many like based on just documentaries and interviews that many like a black metal elites, they, they accused Demo Wargir for, you know, just trying yeah. to make black metal very listenable and very mm-hmm. just like easy listening and trying to commercializing it. And Demo Wargir became commercialized. They yeah. really, really just like, and got successful on it. But around that time, I think some bands even took it much further. Oh, definitely. And they tried definitely. to just use female vocal mm-hmm. as a tool because, yeah. you know, it always was like that. Trying yeah. to using and manipulating women mm-hmm. to putting them in a context that, you know, they can use their sexy or, yeah. or just attractive look, look or yeah. just attractive dressing on the stage as just a tool to grab more audience for their, yeah. for their music. And, and I mean, you're, you're totally right. Like as much as I love Satyricon
0: and as much as I love the video for More Than North, like mm-hmm. it's ridiculous you know, they're all, like, in corpse paint, and they're walking through fire, and there's just, like, gorgeous, naked Norwegian women running around. It's mm-hmm. totally ridiculous. But it's so black metal at the yeah. same time. And I think that's, you know, part of the issue yeah. is it's it's a man's game. And that's, you know.
1: So, um, <coughs> excuse me the next song that I'm going to play for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to describe it this way that um, you know, we just talked about um the bands that try try to break the boundaries right. and pushing the boundaries. But in our opinion, in the year two thousand eighteen, we now when we reflect back in like you know, late nineties, we see those like boundary pushing mm-hmm. um that these bands did, such as the Dismal if or Dimo Borgir, in a negative way. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, at this age and at this year and around this time, there are bands that they are still trying to push in the boundaries, but I would rather actually to sing it in a very positive direction. Mm -hmm. An example is the new wave of French black metal scene in the black black metal scene in France. So you know, France is known for, it's just brilliant, brilliant, like absolutely amazing black metal scene. It's one of my favorites. Yes. Like if, I don't know, I I suppose that most people that listen to your radio are metal heads and they probably know, but like bands- I would assume. Yeah bands like um such as like Deathspell Omega, Blut Aus Nord and um yeah. there's so many like not necessarily in a very like avant-garde direction but even like in a very classic black metal direction mm-hmm. like FLS or or Ife-less. um there's just so many amazing bands. Well, I mean, mutilation, Pest Noir, or oh, uh, yes. Tepis I mean, yeah, you've got Pardon me for even like forgetting about like the mutilation mutilation. I mean but... they've got
0: yeah, I mean they have like a whole circle of yeah. of
1: revolutionary bands. So um some bands, like this is Omega and Bluetooth Nord, for um one part of it, you know, Bluetooth Nord always has that like thing that it goes with the the, the memorial by two star like uh, the mm-hmm. trilogy which is actually going to be a there is there will be another memorial by two star like the forefront it's right. not gonna be a trilogy uh, probably coming out this year but um, it has that like a very classic black metal yes very melodic but in the same way classic black metal uh, like sound but in the same time it has those like seven 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 trilogy or other just a very new album that came out last year in two thousand seventeen that has a very just industrial mm-hmm. just very, very um, just ugly, not necessarily ugly, very... Just mechanical. Heavy, mechanical sound. Yeah. Industrial, noisy sound into it. So, apparently, there is this new thing that is called New Wave of French Black Metal. And there are bands that are taking on this route and they're trying to just push in the boundaries of black metal. Like and the no- Budas Nord? Yeah. So, it's, but- like,
0: it's like the weirding of Norway when Norway, like the norwegian band started to be like like almost like revolt against mm-hmm. what the norwegian bands had done previous yes yeah
1: yes and this thing is happening in france and there are so many new bands that are coming out so i want to play you a band a song from an album that came out nearly a, a couple months ago it's from 2017 Okay. and I discovered this album you know that I have that thing on on Facebook that I post about like my favorite albums of yes. the year and mm-hmm. I, every year I end up with like 70, 80 top favorite albums yeah album. it's way too many favorites for <laughs> one year yeah. but this one was the very last album of 2017 that I found okay and um, it's not Spo Omega and it's not um, Bluetooth Nord in fact I was kind of disappointed on the Bluetooth Nord latest album yeah and um uh, my uncle, right. um, who is like my kind of my best buddy when it comes to like sharing music. Yeah. He got me to so many, so many like bands from Agalog back in way, way I've ago. I've heard of those guys. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, uh, until to this day, yeah. like we constantly share music for each other. And he recommended this band to me. I listened to it and I absolutely fell in love with it. Although I'm more into like that kind of like a classic Black mm-hmm. metal, not necessarily early Norwegian black metal, but just more melodic, more right. But you still love this. But these just sounded so, just so fucking good. And it's, so I,
0: it's it's different than typical black metal.
1: It is, and okay. I would like you to hear this and just tell me what you think of it because I know your mindset about black metal, especially like recent, knowing that how much you love the Last Despicable Bull Omega album came out two years ago. I love uh, everything they've done Okay
0: So That's spell mega for me Okay is... so you,
1: you need you need to hear this Okay You need to hear this Okay let yeah, see This Name is in French And uh... Okay so The song that I'm going to play for you This band Formed in 2016 Oh shit Yeah Really? <laughs> not the, okay Not a classic band and uh, it's a one-man band, in fact. Okay. This guy is just amazing, very talented dude, and uh, he, as a matter of fact, did a lot of a lot of cover cover artwork for so many bands, okay, including Blue North. So this I like guy, the covers a lot. Yes, this guy is in is in the circle. Right. It's a part of the community. Yeah. So this he formed this band. Uh, like around a couple of years ago, he released right away an album in two thousand sixteen. It got amazing positive reviews, like wonderful reviews. And he released an album just a year after that, two thousand seventeen, which is this album that I'm going to play a song from. And this is the record that we saw at Devout today. Just today, when we were at the Devout Records, at the Jeff and Steve's yeah record store we were looking through the vinyl and there was a copy of this and i told you that it's the same record yes i'm going to play you a song from this album tonight so if i totally love it i can run over there and get it next saturday yeah okay hopefully so yeah all right here we go
0: i hate this already It reminds me of desk Fall Omega mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. but mostly Blue Lost Nord. The guitars are really weird. Like they're like cutting in and out, sort of. Mm-hmm. They're like
1: they're like, dude, just wait for it. It's
0: like running through a Leslie or something.
1: The whole album is just so so sick. But this this is the last this is the last song on the album. Okay, the closing closing track. And I love everything that comes from here after.
0: This is awesome.
1: I love this. I had a feeling. I had a feeling you would appreciate this. Dude, there are not so many bands these days that I I listened to for the very first time and I like headbanged to it. Yeah. I remember the very first time I heard this song, like just closing my eyes and I was not in this war. Yeah, yeah. The guitars
0: are still just like freaking me out. They're I know. It's like they're all like played through a Leslie. Like they're just like cutting in and out. It's not a it's not a constant tone. It's like this weird
1: I just can't really describe how I feel when I hear this song, it's just, i never experienced this before. It's just so, the production is so bizarre. I feel like someone is, I, I really feel there's a, like a beast inside of me Yeah. when I hear this song. And just like keep scratching my skin from inside.
0: I mean the production is not good, and the guitar sound is so it's it's almost like it's overly compressed or this some setting is wrong like it's just that weird like pulsating that the guitars are doing is just fucking with my head uh uh-huh
1: and it just doesn't end it's on the same fucking riff for like the past four minutes yeah but it doesn't sound boring. It doesn't sound like because well, the vocals
0: come in, they kind of come out. Yeah. You know, there's things that he knows to flow, how to do it. But yeah. Okay. So this is, it's a one man band. It is a one man band. Does he really play all the instruments or is it just Uh, like a leadership situation?
1: Well, the last time I checked that on metal archives, it was just like one man as the. So he plays every member, but I can actually double check that very, very quickly. Um, oh, it's just like one person in the current lineup, but if you go to the album, you can actually see the lineup and uh, see who did what. So there were a couple of guest vocals for guest members for vocal, mm-hmm. not the instruments. This guy is called Den Sora. His name, his artistic name is Den Sora. He played everything apparently here. And the very few people that did the vocal, there's one guy that played drums. And he did the artwork himself, which is a brilliant, brilliant artwork. And uh, yeah, and it is on Debbie Muir Morty Productions. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same label with the Bluetooth Nord. Why didn't you get the record today? You (sighs) saw it, you had it in your hand. I know. Uh, But I got the Son of the Sleepless record. I, you know. I was in between these two, but some of the simplest album was just a very special album to me. So I got that one instead. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, this band is called Throne. And uh, Throne? Yes. Okay. T-H-R-O-A-N-E. And oh, it has okay. seen some it has somewhere. some French names for their albums. I'm not even gonna try like pronouncing it. Right. But um, yep, yeah, he released two albums, 2016 and 2017. This one was from the 2017 one that came out a few months ago, and uh, this was a very very last track. I mean, you kind of got the feeling the, the psychedelic, uh, very just like mm-hmm. obscure psychedelic vibe. Into it, just imagine if you listen to the whole album. Like yeah. I chose one of the kind of a slower songs, uh, the, but the whole album is just brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I love that black metal. That was really great. So yeah, I read an article um, a month ago or so about this whole like new wave of French black metal thing. That how much like how how brilliant it is. That how they're trying to just incorporating like more industrial elements into their sound and trying to just be a breakthrough and just just pushing the boundaries much further. Like when you think about it, like the whole idea of black metal was just about like pushing so many boundaries further and just like, you know, totally abandoning everything that was about the classic, you know, heavy thrash death metal and Mm -hmm. just coming up with this new theme. And now just knowing that there are kids and there are people that they're just like pushing even, giving birth to a new child out of this world yeah is just so awesome like when yeah. you think about it so yeah that's that was thrown i i absolutely love love this album so
0: yeah that's that's interesting um blue Das nord yes they're really hit and miss for me i love the work Sick. which transforms god that record really is amazing, and really like anything but that, I'm not so into. I feel like it's really dull, repetitive. Um, just never really gotten into it, but the work that, that transforms God is amazing.
1: So one thing very um, interesting about Blue Death Nord. You know, I think many people maybe know that, know this, but, uh, you know, the, no one knows who is this guy. Yeah. A Plutus mm-hmm. Nord. Yeah. So he's completely, absolutely unknown to to the public. Right. And he's he's active since early 90s. So it's been 25 plus years that um, he didn't expose his identity. And uh, to me... Well, he was a life changer for me in terms of like how I perceived like a more intense side of black metal because um I was into like Immortal and Barzum and like mm-hmm. so so some, some of those like very known um Norwegian black metals and then when I heard Blutsås Nord for the first time I actually have always been more in favor of the memorial Bethusta side of Blutsås Nord rather mm-hmm. than the 777 like cosmology and like those like very industrial side right and as a matter of fact I, like same as what you just described like, the very last album that they released in august or in um, september i've in october i found it very just dull and i it got really good re- it, it got really good reviews but um to me it was just sounding very repetitive and very just like artificial not very inspiring but this album that i just played the throne from the very, very first song that I played, it's just it just caught me. And yeah. I just sat down on my seat, listened to the whole album front to back, loved it, posted it on Facebook, and then just like every here and there, just like keep listening to it. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to
0: check that out for sure, because that was... I really enjoyed that. All right. So you're kind of in for it because you've kind of like opened up my uh, my palette uh-huh of good of punishing music uh-huh so here we go you ready for
1: this I am all right dude now that I think I'm doing a podcast for the first time I just think how great Aesop is in doing podcasts <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you're doing so... a podcast
0: for the first time and you're thinking about how great Aesop is? Yeah.
1: I mean what? like <laughs> what when, I hear, mean? when I hear when I hear DMD, like the death metal dads, it's just yeah. he's just so easy. He is on, yeah. in the way that he's talking and on the way that he's like Sigh. he's not stressed out. I'm not stressed out, but I'm just like, should I do this? Should I play this song? Should I not? need
2: a change of
0: scenery oh
1: shit did
0: you think that so you
1: was you I thought uh, it's the album it's the song that you're going to play kayak. oh button. it is
0: kayak they're the, the, the coolest thing I passed this record up today and I should not have Lime knobs.
1: Oh, wow, right? Where are these guys from?
0: They are from New Jersey. Hmm. The last record store we were in today, I picked this up. I breathed heavily, and I said, oh, to you, and I held it up, and I put it away, and I should have just grabbed it. I've never seen it before.
1: I mean, you should. I was so just happy to find that Sorrow album. Yeah. I probably didn't pay attention.
0: I really want to go back and get this. And we can go to tomorrow. Hmm. Right? It's fucking crazy. It is. Who were they? Oh. Give it a second. We're only two minutes and 45 seconds in.
1: Jersey. Yep. I think the only band that I know from New Jersey is Dizmo. Yeah, those are are the only guys.
0: This band had like four demos, two EPs, and that was it. Huh. 90s? Yeah, this is from 96.
1: Yeah. That was
0: rad. So, the thing with Human Remains is they did a lot of the volume swells, like this. Like, really fast volume swells. That's what that oh. is. Oh, oh, oh. Volume swells on the guitar. Like, you never really hear that with any other band, but they did this a ton.
1: Are they called Human Remains?
0: Yeah. Human Remains. This... uh this is Using Sickness as a Hero, which is an EP from 96, and it is like, aside from demos, it's really the only thing they ever did. Huh. But listen, like, listen to this lineup. So they have, obviously, bass, vocals, guitars, two guitarists. The drummer, Dave Witty. you may remember from such bands as, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Birds of Prey, Municipal Waste, Burnt by the Sun, Discordance Axis, Hope Collapse, Red oh. Rum, Argonauts, Brain Tentacles, Deny the Cross, IBU, King Generator, Publicist UK, Soil Work, Exit 13, Anodyne, Atom Smasher, Phantom Smasher, Black Army Jacket, Down with the Ship, East West Blast Test, Final Judgment (laughs) Hex Machina Eaborer Major Burns Mental Picture Mordor The Anti-Pockets The Remnants Well Aware Alec Empire Melt Banana The Atomic Bitchwax
1: He's working really hard He's been around a bit Yeah he was in Melt Banana, too, right?
0: Uh, It said Melt Banana Live. Melt Banana so, Live.
1: Yeah. Okay. I love Melt Banana. I think they were on tour with Melvins a couple of years yep. ago, right? Yep. yep.
0: Yep. So, yeah, this is Human Remains. Demon they had remains. The, one, Never heard of them the one EP on Relapse. And I I picked it up today, and I was like, $19. Put it back.
1: I should have just grabbed you it. You made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you started playing a black metal song, then I play a more obscure black metal. And now you play even a more obscure. Like a, it's not a, more of a black metal, it's more death metal mm-hmm. on the death metal side. So I have a song for you to play, um, to play for you. Yeah. And this is in fact not even metal. Oh no. But okay. It is a very, very obscure song. Okay. But obscure in a way that I I I call it as a beautiful obscure. Not like too ugly, weird obscure. <laughs> okay. Um This is from ninety seventies. Nineteen seventies, alright. Yes. I'm ready. So
0: Ramones. Little, huh. uh-uh. I'm ready for the Ramones
1: okay so just a little bit of a story behind before playing this song um so you know my uncle is back in iran and yes i'm here we haven't seen each other in five years now Mm -hmm. and um he has been my best buddy since when i was born so he's just three years actually older than me so my uncle and i are very 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 similar yeah very close age and uh we got into actually a more heavy music around the same time together and he would just go, he started more into like that prog, uh, realm, like with Tool and Opeth and all of that. And I was in the death metal side and then he got into black metal and I hated black metal at that time. And then he, jo- he would just like tell me, just listen to this and listen to that. And I mean, all those bands that later I became hugely into it. Yeah. Um, recently um he decided to again starting just sharing music more and uh, sharing music with me too so we uh, started making having this group this like a private chat group um on this app called telegram mm-hmm. and um so he shared music there and he can only actually share so here and then in between like when I'm working um I'll try to just lessen some of his the stuff that he shares. And a couple of them were very good, a couple of them I didn't like really get the really get the message of the song. And this one just it was mind blowing for me. Alright. How beautiful and how strange it was. It is from the land of Prague. Rock. The Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were guessing a very they neighbor country. Um, they're from England. Okay. Um, London. I've heard of it, yeah. They, <laughs> you played a couple times there, right? Yeah. Okay. So. Fenn. Um,
0: yeah, I know Fen. You know Fenn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we shared a story about Fen just yesterday. Yes, we did. In the kitchen. Yeah. About how. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> Let's. Okay, just, just play the Fen song. <laughs> so here we go. Listen to this song and tell me if you can guess. Okay. 90s, Psychedelic, Prague. England. England.
3: You haven't seen the sun in like forever, so you search for a beach vacation. Sunny beaches, sandy beaches, big
2: beaches, small beaches, until you're lost. All searching the fucking for beaches. Uh,
0: beach, please.
1: renaissance that's right (laughs) (laughs) yes it is renaissance
0: have you heard this song before? no I don't think so I think Don knows this band I'm not positive But I think he's talked to me about this band
1: I absolutely love this song First time I heard it The female vocals is just so beautiful
0: Just like dismal euphony.
1: banging my head to the wall first time I heard this. It's like, how do I just missed this song? Like, I've... There's just so much in the '70s. Oh, yeah. No, it's overwhelming. It's so beautiful music. Such a beautiful music. But the 70s... But especially like this one, like the Renaissance. God.
0: But 70s were amazing because it was... There was so much prog, but there was so much punk, too. Uh-huh. It was... like two sides of the, of the coin you know and the punk was such a reaction to yep. music like this but both sides were so amazing
1: Don probably knowing this um, album or this band Um, I remember a couple years ago Don shared a music on his Facebook that he mentioned that album really inspired uh, you guys to compose the mantle it's like a German band probably sand sand yeah that was it yeah Yeah.
0: It's like impossible to find anywhere. I mean, it's just like this totally random thing that we stumbled across. Who found that record fairs? Um, not positive. But yeah, it's just like out of nowhere.
1: Was there any like seventies uh, influence around uh, that area that you guys were working on the mantle? Or oh, mostly yeah. it was like the the shoegaze, I mean, a lot of shoegaze my stuff, My Bloody Valentine. But
0: yeah, I mean, um, I, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean. Like, uh, like seventies punk has always been huge for me. Um but like, as far as like 70s Prague, that was more... that was, yeah, a little bit mantle, but more marrow area or uh-huh. era for us. Um, Dawn got heavily into Prague. I'd say right after Marrow. Or, like, after, d- like, during Marrow, uh-huh. maybe? Yeah, if yep.
1: yeah, his son's called Mother Russia, yeah. <laughs> So how did you recognize this can be Renaissance?
0: My father was in Renaissance. Mm. Hmm. Mhm.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Nor did I. You. <laughs> uh, yesterday, you mentioned that you really wanted to find a prog band called Renaissance. At, cro- at Crossroads. Did I? Yeah. And I so. Did yeah, you did. No. No, you definitely did.
2: I did <laughs> Yeah. Oh, y- fuck.
0: Yeah. You, you said, you said, uh, I'd really like to find some prog rock This has been Renaissance. And so when you played this, I was like, it must be Renaissance. And you remembered. that? Yeah.
1: Good. Yep. Good memory. Well, I was very desperate to look that Pink Floyd album, yeah, it uh, didn't happen. Wish you were here, and yeah. just it was well, very unfortunate too. It's it's such an unknown album that the you know, Pink Floyd.
0: <laughs> yeah, wish you were here, and like, nobody wish had it. Here. I know, such an underground. Band. Yeah, it's so obscure. I, that was that was like the third release on DSP, right? Wish you were.
1: Um, uh, third one. Yeah, was, yeah. The second one was the Adam Mother Heart heart yeah uh, first the one first was the one wall was, well, no yeah. the first one wasn't the wall
0: the first dsp release oh the first dsp yeah yes yeah the wall adam Hartmother. and then
1: no dude wish you were here was before the wall
0: okay so yeah, wish
1: you were here i think it was actually the third uh painfully album Right, the, the the first one after Sid Barrett left. Right, right. But when
0: Euronum assigned them to DSP, he released "Wish You Were Here" first. Right. Ah,
1: uh, right, dude. That was the merciless. Oh,
0: that's right. Anti Mash one, yep. merciless. Anti Mash one. I get I get merciless and wish you were here. Confused all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had this thing going yesterday <laughs> about merciless. Mm.
0: Oh man. Okay, so that
1: we, we- had we had a very difficult time today and beside of you know arguing around uh, Merciless and anti March1 yeah. Wish We're Here we had a very difficult time today figuring out the name of cannibal corpse guitar players
0: yes and <laughs> yesterday we had a very difficult time figuring out the worst band that exists right now Dude. Anathema.
1: Anathema is not divorced, but it exists. They're pretty close. I mean, their, the last album was horrible, but like, they're still pretty good. I got one of their vinyl today. Yeah, I know
0: you, it was like this <coughs> weird kismet. I know. Like we're talking about it and you're like, I'm going to buy this Anathema record. I'm like, didn't we just talk about this?
1: Dude, that album is just like, i never seen a vinyl of that album. And it was just like 10 bucks, 12 bucks.
0: I really should have gotten that root record. We have to go back tomorrow. We will. We have Mm. to go to, we have to get groceries anyway, so we should really stop by Crossroads, or not Crossroads, Crossroads. Music Millennium, because now I'm regretting not getting Human Remains, The Root. I can't get 20% off now, though. (laughs) But still, (laughs) Human Remains and Root would be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you played that Renaissance Uh song featuring my dad. So now I'm going, I'm, remind- yeah. <laughs> I'm going to play something
1: major remind
0: of my dad. Yeah. I'm going to play something that's very close to my heart that I haven't listened to in years that renaissance reminded me of. Okay? This was a band that I was so obsessed with. I listened to nothing but this band for months and months and months. They're so obscure and so strange that nobody really knows the story behind this band or this artist. And when I first met Don, we really like delved into the catalog and we like seriously just like literally laid in his bedroom in the dark for hours listening to this band, just trying to wrap our minds around it. hmm and at one point in time, I had this crazy box set to this band. They're not very well known, but they're like still like nobody really knows like even who this guy is. It's a very strange situation, but the music is. So they're not Iron Maiden. No, it is not <laughs> Iron Maiden. Yeah. No. I think it's very easy to Was find out. Was like, it
1: had, like, Iron Maiden posters in the bedroom that you went?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because he just assumed that everybody that is into metal loves Iron Maiden. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> no, he's not right. I, th- the last podcast I did, we talked about this. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, okay, here we go. This, this is just, like, so... I, I don't know. I just can't even explain how amazing this shit is. This is totally off script. Like I thought of this because of Renaissance.
1: Good. toilet to see the resemblance
0: yeah
1: where are they from that's a complicated
0: question actually.
1: there's no metal archives for you to check
0: this out actually there might be but it's this this, okay so it's one guy oh but I mean he has an entire band but it's one main guy but he like splits his time between Slovenia and Italy so Hmm. and he's really mysterious nobody really knows who he is I have a friend that claims to have had dinner with him once. Oh, wow. But I'm not positive that he's not lying. Because they they played, like, one live show. Their, fir- their very first record ever. Like, he put all this money into it, and it wasn't how he wanted it to be, so he, like, burned all the master tapes. And oh, wow. He's one of those type of guys. But... It's also somewhat well-known that a lot of the shit on the records he's stolen from classical composers and Uh like not even just like Performed it differently like literally like sampled it but He does it in such a way that Just wait to hear it till you hear him sing Don and I literally sat dozens and dozens and dozens of hours in the dark listening to this shit. He's got like four or five records and they're all just amazing.
1: I really like this.
0: This is this album is from
1: 1988.
0: Wow. so
2: Yeah. Hmm.
3: Don't trust him when he turns his back,
1: he
3: looks at you. Oh,
1: this reminds me of
2: someone. This reminds me of, the, of the a band, in fact.
3: Wow.
1: That was good. Yeah.
0: ask me if it was egglog <laughs> <laughs> This is so good though. Yeah.
2: What?
1: Yeah. Dude, this is brilliant. Oh, I know. such a lush record
0: this guy i mean and it's just one guy it's one guy but he he, i mean he it's not like he does all the instruments he hired like a lot of people he's got like five different records totally underground totally like nobody knows who he is like literally like nobody can figure out who this guy is wow he's got a fan club but like even the members of the fan club like don't really know who this guy is He goes by a a pseudonym, but like the people that know this band, it's like deep in their heart. This is like, like, listen to these vocals. It's just.
3: That's mm-hmm. One who touches the minds of the mad, mad. and charming the confetti of their.
1: Do you have the... The albums? They
0: had a... a, Basically a box set of all the CDs in, like, this velvet bag that had, like, a noose on the top that, like, sealed it together. I used to have that, but I... I sold it for hundreds of dollars many, many years ago. As far as I know, there's no vinyl or anything like that. Um... It's, and that like that box set that I had was like impossible to find. Hmm. They're like one of those bands that just, I mean, like literally nobody knows who the guy is. And even the label was like a label that this guy started. The fan club is like some girl Claims to have known him, sort of. It's all very mysterious. Nobody really knows the story behind this band. You can't find the CDs. You can't, There's no records. It's just...
1: It's totally obscure. I just absolutely love this album. It's amazing. It is.
0: This album is one song. It is an hour long it's called the girl who is death and he's got I thought my head four other records and they're all equally as intriguing and devastating as this record okay it's just like like literally like no exaggeration when I first met Don we would just sit in his room in the dark and listen to stuff for hours on end for months this is like pre-pale folklore Mm-hmm. because it, it's like goth rock then it's metal then it's like some kind of like piano lounge music, and his vocals are just so
1: expressive and everywhere. It's very, very obscure, and but in the same time, very, very beautifully done. It's so beautiful. And you, when was the last album came out?
0: Let me see if I can find out. The last one was 96. This one is 89. 89. The box that I had came out in 2007. I see. And there's five full lengths. But nobody knows this guy's name. They've played like a couple shows. They played life a couple times, but like people even argue like where this guy's from Italy, Slovenia, Italy, Slovenia.
1: His music really reminded me of Renaissance, but his vocal actually reminded me of, um, A German artist that would like to play for you.
0: Is it Millie from Creator?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I know how, how much you love Creator. I do love Creator. Old Creator. Okay, so
0: this is a perfect time to tell you this band is called devil doll
1: devil doll
0: yeah the guy the mastermind he goes by mr doctor Hmm. nobody knows who he is nobody knows where he lives nobody knows much of anything about this guy but he created these like five amazing amazing albums
1: I had and no that's... idea about this band. You just gave me a project for this week.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, really, like, these, these, all of the records are amazing. Yeah. And the people that are into, into Devil Doll are, like, hardcore into Devil Doll. My friend Robert, uh-huh. he tracked down a Devil Doll t-shirt somehow, and everybody's just, like, i mean it's like the holy grail of everything devil doll is like it's just impossible to find anything anything from this band wow. even knowledge even like where they're from everything about this band is impossible so yeah it i was, love that yeah
1: it's so good i really respect that
0: and this actually this album is not even my favorite of theirs but they're all so good like it just it just keeps it just it just keeps going you know yeah yeah devil doll amazing
1: i i just absolutely love love this album i'm gonna write it down
0: yeah the vocals
1: devil doll
0: And all, all real instruments too. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm gonna actually ask you a question. I'm ready. Regarding the next song, I'll give you three options. Okay.
0: Do I have to pee really badly?
1: yes do I have to pee really badly
0: yes should we take a break while Devil Doll plays so we can pee
1: yes yes okay let's do it yeah
2: Welcome,
3: my friend, (laughs) here whole generations of ghosts have raised their eyes and wings each morning to unbounded space with the innocent joy of chrysalis creating their final uh, 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 metamorphosis
2: hello
0: hello okay so oh okay that's an extended version of devil (sighs) doll everybody should listen to devil doll i
1: as i said that you you just gave me a a project yeah it's a lot of homework Uh i mean it's (laughs) yeah it's i have actually a lot of homework to grade (laughs) when i go back home well this is more important and uh, yep yeah (laughs) like
0: five records or so um, but it's it's kind of weird. There's, there's one record called Sacrilege, and there's another record mm-hmm. called Sacrilege of Fatal Arms. And they're both kind of the same record, but it's like different mixes, and there's like some different parts to each. But actually, my favorite Devil Doll record is Sacrilege of Fatal Arms. Sacrilege. But that one was mm-hmm. The Girl Who Is Death, mm-hmm. which is... I mean, they're all amazing. They're all great. From 1988. Yeah. Okay. They're all... So, Amazing. And nobody knows what the fuck <laughs> is up with what's going on. any of it. Don and I both joined the fan club in like 97. And we got like a little lyric sheet. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. We got like a photocopied lyric sheet. And we talked to the fan club member. Mm-hmm. Or not the member. The, <laughs> the manager. Like, or- yeah, like the head of the fan club uh, through email a couple times.
1: That's it. We, so... I have a thing that, um, you know, the very first time that I got to know a metal band that the member was unknown, and that idea just totally, just, you know, blew my mind. Yeah, it's like, a very strange is, like, concept. Yeah, I was like a, like an 18-year-old kid, and I found this uh, obscure, like, French black metal band, and... Osses? Uh, no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> and uh Blue the snort yeah and uh you know i've heard the member member is the main man in uh is unknown so the idea just was very very uh inspiring and very uh, amazing in the same time it's so strange i mean so
0: rock and roll teaches you that yeah you need to be like in the spotlight yes in the front row like right there so
1: everybody knows who you are and so like i spent i spent like days and months and like a very very long time trying to just like find some information about this person other than like one interview in that he did in 2004 I never found anything else so I haven't started actually tracking down that where is the origin of this attitude oh yeah that's interesting yeah yeah. so I never had any idea about Devil Doll Um, Mm and this is like this was a brilliant help, nice, yeah, towards that like figuring out that question. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I have that I have that task in my life to yeah. figuring out who was the very first musician that decided to go anonymous
0: Well there's I mean there depends on how you look at it too. I mean, um, Devil doll. The guy, I can't remember the guy's actual name. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, I knew his actual name, but he went by Mr. Doctor. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's been a long history of that type of thing, like a a pseudonym mm-hmm. of sorts. Um, I feel like I, it's on the tip of my brain. I feel like somebody in the 70s or 60s was doing that, too. Yeah, I can't recall at the moment. But uh I feel like there's there's somebody that was really well known mm-hmm. that was doing something different but under a different name and like trying to hide themselves. Okay. Hide their identity. I, I just can't I have no idea. But I can't I, I can't recall right now. Yeah, I have
1: that um responsibility on myself. Yeah. To yeah. Find the answer to that question. That is your responsibility. Yeah, now. it is. Yes. It's a very heavy weight over my shoulder. Yeah, yeah you took that on for sure. I, I did. And yeah. uh, so um, I'm going to give you three options. Okay. And you tell me right, which different. one of these I need to choose um, All right. to place. You know, I came with a very full list of options for you. I have a Yeah, I have a very full list as well. Uh, so do you want me first? This is option A, okay, continue in this current route that we are to because the vocals on Devil Doll really, really um, reminded me of a very obscure German dark wave project. Dark wave that, that it's beautiful, but in the same time, it is so obscure and so scary and uh. This is one of those, like, again, early teenager years things for me. What are your teenager years, though? Uh, This is when I was, again, 17, 18. But, like... 17. Late 90s? This is late 90s, early 2000. Okay. Okay. Early 2000. All right. This is option A. Mm -hmm. Option B is playing a very beautiful uh, psychedelic proggy rock song from a band that is in fact um, the members are known for their black metal band but they have this side project that is a very very just a non-metal beautiful psychedelic rock band and they are in fact your label mate with your new band Korada. Corada. Okay. Yeah. Heard of that. <laughs> right. I mean, you quit Corada today, right? I did. <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. I was very upset today. Yeah. Uh, the, so that's the second option. I. What's the third I, option? The third option is uh, Napalm Death. <laughs> no, you oh. suffer. I love <laughs> Napalm Death. Especially you suffer. Yes. And the third option is a black metal band from Italy one of the early early black metal bands that i got into that they did a cover song of a pop a very very famous pop song and this cover is a black metal cover of pop song is it opera
0: nine nope they stole my passport in italy the first time i was in italy they stole my passport so i hate those guys that's fucked up no, they didn't do it on purpose. They they were they're great people. They it was an accident. Uh-huh. They stole my bag, my passport, and my laptop. Very first Seriously? time in Italy, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but it was a, they 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 just thought it was one of like some dude grabbed it thinking it was one of the other dudes in the band's bag. Uh-huh. And it was my very first time in Europe, very first time touring Europe. No. And I had no laptop, no passport. Oh, no. No. What did you do for anything? your passport? You well, to the embassy? I, I went to, I complained to my tour manager. When I say complain, I freaked out to my tour manager. Like, what the fuck? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. I, I can't find it. Yeah. The owner of the venue had the wherewithal to call Opera 9, or as they call them in Italy, Opera Novo and like hey have you seen this bag and they're like oh it's in the back of the van like we totally thought it was one of ours like totally innocent like just they weren't being malicious whatsoever but huh. they took my bag but they're already an hour and a half away so they, so they turned around and came back to the venue and delivered it to me
1: oh good
0: yeah and they were very oh. gracious and i apologized a lot and they <laughs> apologized even more <laughs> but i i learned my lesson when you're on tour especially in a foreign country you don't bring your bag with all your shit and your passport to the backstage yeah you, you leave it on the bus yep. much safer yeah but i was about to have a heart attack
1: i mean like, so bet lose your yeah.
0: passport while on tour
1: oh yeah tell me tell me about losing stuff Losing wallet, no, I losing phone. No, I don't. <laughs>
0: I never lose anything. You're uh, the one that
1: loses stuff. I mean, I lost a couple
0: of times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I I
0: don't typically do that. Only when Italian doom metal
1: bands are around. That's so. What... These are Italian Black Death. Okay,
0: Time Black Death.
1: So and, that's. Uh, I I don't know, what, and who that would be. So they have had numerous albums. This is not one of those bands that had only one or two albums. Numerous albums. Okay. One of the recent albums came out like two years ago, I think. But I kind of lost interest in these guys since 2005. And I got into them like since 2003 when this album came out. Like early, early, early on when I got into metal. And uh, all their good songs aside, they did a cover song okay. of a very, very famous Kind of a pop rock song that was on the radio all the time and it's still in u.s it is sometimes on the radio and they did a black metal cover of this song you want to hear this one or maybe hear one of those first or two second option
0: did we just talk about this cover today no like this morning no no but what what car did we talk about we today? were talking about uh hit me baby one more time Oh <laughs> or no! No, we've said it, it again. Yeah. That
1: Children of Bottom song, that's of, it. That's uh, it. cover of Britney yeah, yeah. Spears. No, it. no, no, dude, no. Okay. This is a very, very good cover. That's a, that's just a joke. That Children of Bottom did in the studio. But um, okay, I'm gonna play this one. Yeah, yep, and yeah, and you just, just guess what it. does what song is this, and just see how beautifully they did this cover. All As right. a matter of fact, many of the fans of this band. They have overlooked this cover song Because this was released as a bonus track So many of them never actually noticed this cover song
0: Alright, I'm ready Are you ready? I am totally ready
1: Here we are I'm gonna play another song after this for you But listen to this one Okay Not this I like this Did you recognize there already? No Good You will Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Just a pure black metal cover of a pop song.
0: You. It's, I mean, it, it sounds like that song, I don't know, I don't know what it's called, but it's like Tell it to my heart
2: or.
1: If I tell you the, ba- the name of the band, you will Incentive figure out what song is it. Are you sure? Yep. I don't know. I mean almost. man REM of course and you know the song losing my religion oh yeah <laughs> there you go I
0: can't hear it though oh no I
2: can
0: yeah
1: of course this is graveworm from Italy
0: Okay, not the Grave Worm that I know from Illinois No No, no
1: Grave Worm from Italy They covered already losing My religion back in 2003 Oh yeah, I can totally hear it now
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> nice That reminds me that I recently heard that Enslaved uh-huh. covered Faith No More's Jizz yes. for a Decibel Flexi. Yes. I have not heard it, but I've been told from multiple sources that it's absolutely awful.
1: Is it? I don't well, know. They did the a cover song on their, the very last track of their new album, E, mm-hmm. was actually a cover song of a Norwegian pop band that they absolutely killed it. Yeah, I think so. I love that song. I forgot the name, to be honest, but uh, it's a like an electronic do project mm-hmm. uh, from Norway that they covered a song from them, and they just nailed it. But I haven't heard the Fade No More song. Yeah, I heard it's awful from multiple sources, that it was uh, really, really bad. I mean, how, how Enslave can do an awful cover song? Or how Enslave can do an c- awful music? <laughs> 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 I mean, those guys are just... Yeah, Some of my favorite but, people. Yeah. For,
0: for me too, but last few albums have been pretty hit and miss for me. They were, they were 100% for me for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one that was 100% for me was. Vertebra. Vertebra. Oh, yep. yeah. Yep.
1: And then the bad one after that my... was really bad, I thought. Oh, I don't know. I mean, the next one was the one in 2010, Axioma, Ithika, Ogini. Yeah, that was awful.
0: Dude, no, no it's, it's not awful. awful. The opening track is
1: yes. just so beautiful. No, it's not. It's, it is. It's, it sounds like... <laughs> well, the, it's I, a hit and miss album for me, to be honest. But like the, the opening track is so good. It's so simple, but in the same time, so good. It's not as proggy as like the Weatherbra or like, yeah. Rune I mean, or, I, don't, I don't
0: care about the prog. It, it's just... it's these crappy keyboard sounds, you know? Like, I mean, it, it sounded like Therian, you know? I mean, it sounded like fucking like those awful Therian records.
1: Um, well, what can I say? I mean, I love... Weatherbra is my favorite and slug the album. For is And a, I actually... Am- amazing. Yeah. and I, It's not my I, favorite, but it's amazing. It is amazing. And there's a song on this album. That actually, that song got me into Enslaved. Like I heard a couple in Momentum and Rune and uh, Frost before this, mm-hmm. but it was Veldbro that got me into Enslaved. And there was one song and one particular riff that it was so beautiful that I remember I was driving back from Tehran, and not myself driving, I was on a bus mm-hmm. heading back to my hometown to visit my family, and uh, I was sitting on a, I was sitting on the bu- in this bus driving by the mountains and very, very beautiful, like, mountain. And this road is just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I was just closing my eyes and listening to this album and it caught, It came to this part of this song. And I closed my eyes and I opened it and all of a sudden there was this beautiful, like, foggy mountain in front of me. And it was such an inspiring moment. And I actually, a couple of years ago, Enslave came to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. So I got a I got the chance to just, you know, um, go and talk to the band and just chatting with them a little bit and I told Ewar about that that experience and it was that riff that got me into Enslave and he was like, oh, that's actually a, a very favorite riff for himself so, yeah, I mean, Wetterbrov was a was a great album but I don't think they actually ever released any bad album um, they have had some great album and some good albums. That's my that's my okay. opinion about Enslave. And they are some of the best people I've ever met. Like, very, very beautiful people. Uh, but you played Devil Doll. I did. And that vocal was very, very obscure. Yes. And, and bizarre. And at the same time, beautiful. It was very beautifully matching with the music. And it just made a flashback for me to the time when I was back in Iran... Uh, A friend of mine, Castra, he he is responsible for getting me into also some very, very awesome bands There was one time I was in his house and he played this video clip for me Of this like Of this person that I wasn't sure if he or she is a man or a woman It was very confusing And apparently uh, he or she is a transgender And he or she is very focused on this issue of transgender and his sexuality. Mm-hmm. and But the music is apparently, v- I mean, not apparently, it, the music is very, very dark. And uh, the vocals really reminded me of her vocals. So I am going to play okay. a you're, song.
0: You're, you're not going to play what I think you're going to play.
1: Tell me. Because if you tell me, I won't play
0: it. On the Eric podcast, I played who I think you're gonna play. From that description, I would think that you're gonna play. Who I heard I the Eric with... podcast episode. Yeah.
1: Um I doubted you played it, but tell me. Sopra Eternus. Oh fuck. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dude, that was the last thing I played on the
1: Oh I
0: Yeah. I, play... I think I, I totally missed that part. Yeah, I, it was I believe it was the last song I played on the Eric podcast. Yeah.
1: Oh man, I love Supertarnus. So, and the Ensemble of Shadows. Yeah. So you're you're the
0: second or maybe third person I know ever that knows who that is.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah, I I I played something from <sighs> his her first record, very very first record. It was like the last the very last song of the podcast.
1: Oh, I totally missed that part that you were talking about this. Yeah. No, I played cuz uh when I was in
0: Minneapolis like mid 90s, uh-huh. uh Soap Returnis was huge for me. Um just because it was so strange and so it is. I did I just didn't understand what exactly. was going on. And the first few records are so just like weirdly electronic but catchy and the vocals mm-hmm. are like you said like very much like Devil Doll, like just like so odd. Um and like he she i th- i mean i think she i think she yeah uh anna, called, anna the, yeah anna yep. yeah um she i'm friends with her on facebook and oh. awesome she posts weird updates about records i mean her records go for hundreds of dollars so i've never been able to like get like back in the day i had cd's uh-huh. like i had her cd's like no problem but like now to try to find like try to get that shit like i've tried it's it's impossible i mean it's hundreds of dollars and she's got many many albums at this point but like on facebook she posts like bloody toilet paper from her hemorrhoids you know wow. like yeah i you're you're literally like one of the few people that I've run into that know super Eternus, but yeah, yeah, like the, the Eric podcast, like the very last song I played. Do you
1: remember what song you play? It was,
0: uh, the first song on the first album. I can't pronounce those albums cause they're just really, really long okay. German
1: titles. Yeah. So in respect to just this conversation that we had, go for it. May I play that song that got me into Soper Eternus? Yes, of course. This is a song. I'm I'm really blown away that you're playing
0: Sopra
1: That was, dude. That was something I love that. Support, but I never shared it on Facebook or anything because it's just one of those bands that is um, so bizarre that I feel I got the energy and I got the message and I got the feeling, but it's so special yeah i cannot like easily just share it just like throw it out and be like hey yeah. just listen to this yeah like yeah, no this is very dear to me
0: you heard the remember tape do you know the remember demo that i did like way back in the day like before a sister oh have you heard that i don't think so okay it's it's on my band camp uh-huh it was like 95 maybe uh-huh That was my friend and I, and that was, we were heavily into Sopra Eternus at the time. And that was like, so, I mean, it's not Sopra Eternus worship because it didn't sound like Sopra Eternus, but like at that point in time in my life, Sopra Eternus was one of those bands. I'm just like constantly trying to wrap my brain around and Mm -hmm. like figure out like, why do I like this so much? And why, why does it grasp me as much as it does? So like the first like two or three records for Supertramp, I I loved. After that, I didn't really follow mm-hmm. uh, them anymore. But the the very first one, They Can't Pronounce, and then Songs from the Inverted Womb, mm-hmm. was awesome. Yep. And then like one after that, I think, and then after that, I just kind of lost track.
1: But yeah. So, yeah. This experience. This was my experience. I was in my friend's house, and we were hanging out in his bedroom he we, i was playing one song he was playing one song for me kind of the same experience that we have tonight yeah but like in, in one computer for each other yeah and uh he played soprano turners for me and i was watching the video clip it was this very bizarre video clip
0: yeah the shaved head and all and, the uh, piercings yeah and, yeah
1: and i saw that and i whipped yeah and well, i wept by the beauty and the obscurity no, of the album uh, I mean song. that's
0: that's the that's the beauty of that first record is so on the on the Eric Mogridge podcast I played it and I was trying to explain I showed him a picture and I was like this is Anna and the amazing thing about Sopra is like
1: this vulnerability that mm-hmm. she has and I mean I'm sure you know about his her or his or her childhood yeah. She would just keep getting beaten by her yeah. parents. But and... then
0: but but then she like moved into like a cave, like an actual cave. Yep. Like she lived in, in a actual cave. Well she claims to have lived in an actual cave mm-hmm. for a very long time. And those like first records are just basically like really shitty like synth loops and shit that she composes over. Mm-hmm but in a really beautiful and heartbreaking way and a very unique way. Yeah. And I was trying to explain that to Eric. Like Eric had no idea mm-hmm. about sopra Eternus. Um, anybody I've mentioned sopra Eternus to has no idea what that is, but it was such a weird formulaic, not formulaic. It was a weird, it was a stepping stone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, around that same time was when like Mortise got big and the whole dungeon yeah. Synth thing and the cold meat stuff got big mm-hmm. and I was way into all that stuff. And I was way into Dutch Nepal and then slaughtered natives and all that like cold meat stuff. And then I was into the cold meat stuff that like crossed over to black metal, like Mortise. Like, yep. Like, and before dungeon synth was a name, you know, but then soap Turnus like came out of like left field and it was like, this is way more rhythmic and kind of tribal in a way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But the keyboard sounds are so bad. They're just like these like really rudimentary keyboard sounds. But the vocals pretty so much like devil. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like yeah. as you play as you you, you play Devil, the very first like part of the vocals kicked in. Yeah. It just right away made yeah. a flashback for me to Super Alternative. I'm yeah. like, wow. Like this is yeah. Yeah. Supra, I mean, this is a much more complex music than Supertrueness, yeah. but the vocals are just like perfectly reminded. Oh, me. just like so. And oh so, man, I'm so glad that so you, like, you know Supertrueness. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Like I literally, yeah. I, I don't know anybody
1: that knows yeah. Supertrueness. I'm I'm gonna play just play yeah, it. in respect it. to yeah, just this it. conversation that we had about her. Just gonna play this song, uh, to introduce. Or just to say what song was that that, that really made me yeah what ripped. what album is does this, this uh, i'm not sure actually i want to say the name is in uh, german yeah that's the problem it's it's, it's, it's always difficult yeah. with her but the song is called in the palestra
2: okay
0: Cannot fucking believe that you know *Super Turnus*. Oh wow! Like, like yeah. literally, I don't know anybody that knows that shit. year old me got huge into this. Oh dude, me too. I was, <sighs> I was nineteen, twenty. Oh yeah, I remember this song. This is. And her first three albums were, like, recorded in a cave. With mm-hmm. this, like, weird little keyboard. and Yeah. Anna Varney or something like that, right? Anna yeah. Varney.
1: Yeah.
2: At the cold waters, as he
1: Anyone who hears it, they need to watch the, the video clip, too. Yeah. Oh, my God, this part.
0: And this is so much more advanced than the shit I played on the Eric podcast. The Eric podcast was basically the demos I played, because that's like what I first heard. That first record is basically demos, where, uh-huh. it's, where it's just like really like bad drum machines. And, you know, this is way more advanced. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay, it's been, so it's been ten, at least ten years for me. So since this, is a, this, this is the last time I heard this. This is the
0: first. The same artist played twice on my podcast.
2: Quotes, well, that
0: suits me he, she deserves it. Yeah, Anna Varney. Shy, Her hemorrhoid yeah. photos and all.
3: Water while he drinks whole yeah, of wine.
0: Eric was very
2: he
3: likes, oh,
0: intrigued. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By
3: things
2: Turnus. Those
1: vocals. Oh, yeah. So real. If it wasn't for the vocals, I wouldn't give a shit.
2: hmm.
0: I recently looked up these records on Discogs, just to see how much they are, for uh-huh. like, like the actual vinyl. Uh-huh. Most of them are not available on record. And the ones that are R are like, literally like 100, 200 bucks each. Wow. Because they're just so limited, and nobody knows what the fuck it is. Wow. But after I played it for Eric, I was like, oh man, I gotta get those first few records. <laughs> Like songs from the Inverted Womb, like fuck it, yeah, I need to get that. Like literally the next day, I'm looking it up, and it's like, oh yeah, 250 bucks for this one record, and like, oh
1: jeez, yeah. Yeah, if I if I see a relatively reasonable price for the record, I will definitely hunt them down.
0: I have never seen a Sopratturnus record. I've I've owned I've never CDs. seen either. I've, no, I have no vinyl. No. I've owned the CDs, but I've never seen vinyl. I have never exists. seen the CD, too. too. Really? I had, I had like the first two or three on CD, but I've never seen the vinyl. I know it exists, like I've seen it online, mm-hmm. but I've never owned it. Yeah. Yeah. So good.
1: Like, again, the dungeon synth genre no, yeah. is one of those, like, oversaturated genres for me. Like, there's so much stuff that I hear, I'm just like, this This is just sounding like the same as the other mm-hmm. one. It's just so redundant and repetitive. But- but she, like what she did, is just so brilliant. Well, and I Especially mean, for her vo- because of her vocals,
0: mostly because of the vocals, but also, I mean, the instrumentation was different mm-hmm. too. But like, she really came out of that dungeon synth era, like when when Mortice started doing like the dungeon synth stuff, like that's when I first heard about Sopra Eternus, which was like the demos, basically. And when Cold Meat was like really getting big, like Sopra Turnus was was there, but like so left field, like not. Mm-hmm. It's not cold. Like Cold Meat was not yep. released this. Yeah, it's like a totally different beast. And I'm, I cannot tell you how blown away I am that you're playing me Sopra Turnus. <laughs> like this was. Like, 20, 19,
1: 20-year-old me, this was life-changing for me. Dude, I remember I actually played this song for my cousin, one of my cousins, and she freaked out, like, in the middle of the part, like, she just left. She was like, what the fuck you are doing with me? Why are you playing this for me? And I was like, I just felt it's a very beautiful song. So, I did it, and then I realized that actually not everyone really gets it and yeah but i had a weird connection with her like a weird like i was you know definitely i didn't go through the very unfortunate circumstances that she went through as a as a child um during her adulthood i i just don't know why but i i got her music and i got her message and i got her the beauty of her music so i would just like be I was obsessed with Sopra Turnus. Yeah, when I was oh, like seventeen, eighteen. Oh, I was like...
0: seriously, me too. I mean, I was a little bit older, <sighs> but yeah. But it was it was when I was into Sopor underground music wasn't strange to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've been in, into death metal and black metal for years. And I was tape trading and all that, but Sopor was like almost like this accident that I stumbled on, mm-hmm. where I felt like a lot of these like demo bands that I was into and like all these like death and black metal, it was, it felt intentional. It was like, I'm looking for shit like this Mm -hmm. where Sopra Eternus, When I, when I moved to Minneapolis, I, I started like hanging out with guys that were, were black metal guys, but they're also like noise kids Mm -hmm. and they're into the cold meat stuff. And that's how I, like, I had a. In Minneapolis, I didn't hang out with a lot of metal kids. It was mostly noise, power electronics guys. And even though they had a black metal background, it was like shit like, like Sopra Yeah, was way more what they were into at the time. So I came into it as being like this death metal kid. And they're like, well, what about Mortis? And I'm like, yeah, but that's just, like, you know, he's just doing this, <laughs> like, it's a dude from Emperor, like, hitting some chords. And he's like, no, but like, like, like really, like, listen to this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Von Graven. Von Graven. Holy shit. Like, Von Graven is, like, so amazing. Storm. Yeah. Like, all these, like, things that, like, are born out of the black metal scene that are not black metal. And then it gets even further. Like, okay, so cold meat. Like they have like a definite connection to black metal and the whole Scandinavian culture, but it's not metal. No, it's dungeon synth and it's noise and it's in slaughter natives, which is like, there's no category There's Mortis, And then it just like gets even deeper. It's like, Oh, well, so return like, this isn't even cold meat. This is like even further away from cold meat. Yeah. This is, you can't describe it. It's, it's a, entirely different thing mm-hmm. like how do you describe sober eternus
1: there's just i mean many people describe it as a dark wave you know yeah but that's but like a very dark simplification wave is like, exactly yeah it's just... like there are so many other dark waves that i heard and they were just so uninspiring and redundant and just so i mean dark wave is like you know just telling that oh that's that's just a generic death metal i'm like Right. No, like, you cannot just, like, say that's a death metal, well, but, like, like, there's a difference between, like, you know, pure death metal and, like, a technical death metal and a very just, like, fast, machiney, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, automatic-style, like, death metal and melodic death metal and all of that. You need to, like, really try to just classify it. And there are some bands that it's really hard to just categorize. And that's Sopraternus. That is Sopraternus. Like... I never had that issue with any metal band. I could, at some point, find right. the right sub genre yeah, so, or sub 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 genre for yeah. it. Yeah, even but if it's not hundred percent. Yeah,
0: I mean, even if it's not like totally accurate, you can yeah. be like, it's kind of like this, but a little
1: bit of this. I mean, it's kind of black but. metal, and it is pagan, but it's it has some like a yeah. folk it's influences death, in
0: it. It's black and death. Yeah,
1: it's death thrash. <laughs> But Sopraturnis is It's just impossible. Like I had that issue too. Like I was like, okay, so it's, this is Dark Wave. That was like my actually the introduction to the term Dark Wave for me. So I, I heard that that's... and I started hearing to other dark waves. I was like, this is not sounding like other dark waves. This well, is just something very, very unique and That's special. the funny
0: thing for me, is because I would never consider Sopra Darkwave. Dark Wave. Like to me that's not Dark Wave at all. But what the fuck is it? And it depends yeah. on the record, too. Like, you listen to that first record, mm-hmm. it's got those, like, shitty keyboard drums and those shitty synths. And I think she
1: used to actually just use drum machine until, like, a, after the fourth or the fifth album that she had actually started yeah. hiring. Like and, you know, she's still, she's still
0: recording records. Like, she's mm-hmm. still active. She's still doing shit.
1: I can't believe that you know Sopra Eternus. I can't believe you know Sopra Eternus.
0: <laughs> like, literally, like, literally, the last song I played on the Eric podcast was Sopra turnus.
1: Oh, man. But, but one off the demo. Like, super old yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. No, this song, this particular one was the one that I... that's just changed me. Yeah. And it was so intense. So intense. The experience was just so... Jason, so intense. That, like, when I... You know, I played I played oral for you earlier. Yeah, yeah. And URL was a very depressive music. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful but in a very depressive music too. Yeah. And like Warl is is a very complicated song in terms of like the emotions that it starts to unfold in me. Like right. I cannot just instantly um, just be touched by that music. I have to be in a right sad mood. Yeah. To really get the message and yeah. really get the beauty totally. of that song. And I start to just, you know, express my emotions with it. Mm-hmm. But with the Super Alternatives and this song, it was just like a right away thing. Like yeah. I watched it and I remember I just had like my, my, my hand under my, my chin, on the desk. And just like staring at the monitor when my friend played this song for me. And I just started, like my tears started coming down. Yeah. It's Like this is so innocent. This is such an innocent yeah, music. Like, like, but that's the
0: great thing about Anna is, is she's she's so vulnerable. Yeah. And even on Facebook, even in two thousand eighteen, on Facebook, like she's literally, and I talked about this on the on the Eric podcast, she's literally posting photos of bloody toilet paper from hemorrhoids. Wow. And I mean, and that's, I mean that. On one hand, that's just like silly and disgusting and whatever. But on the other hand, like, this is this person that has no recognition whatsoever,
2: mm-hmm. who is
0: transgender,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who has like this weird mythology behind her. And she's just like putting that out to the world. Yep. F- for better, or for worse, mm-hmm. you know? And like, the first couple records really i love the first couple records because they're they have that that innocence Mm -hmm. that you mentioned in the instrumentation because it's obviously this is like the fucking shittiest like keyboard drum machine you could possibly find and she's making do with Mm -hmm. it and she's doing her best with it yep And it has, like, all, like, the best of, like, the V drums from Catatonia and the fucking (laughs) shitty synths from Septic Flesh. and It it encompasses all of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what I have, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to make the best with it. And, like, those first two records for me are so perfect because it's just, it's so stripped of any, like, uh, any narcissism it's just like, this is what I have. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like cooking. uh, uh, It's like making a soup out of chicken and broth. And, and that's it. Uh Like, this is all I have. This is all I can muster up. All I can muster up is this fucking shitty keyboard with a shitty drum machine. And I'm going to sing over it. And there's something so magical and beautiful about that. And that's what really hooked me on Sopra Eternus is just like that innocence. But that almost like Marilyn Manson-esque danger and amorphous, like like gender fluidness about it too, Mm -hmm. really hooked me as well. And I mean, I love all of her stuff, but like the early stuff for me is just like, it's so innocent and just. Vulnerable,
1: so you know um see i I use the the word or the term innocent mm-hmm. um because I wanted to focus more on her voice and her personality rather than him her, mm-hmm. mu- her music because her music is not necessarily like a very impressive music it's a, but it it's can a be-, be. no it can th- be yes that's that's what I was gonna say it's a it's a beautiful music, I love the the composition considering some of the stuff that we played earlier it's not like a very technical music no but but... that's the thing like my personality and the person who i am i get really touched by just like deeply purely innocence of people and like this is an example like it it reminded me of this um line on walden Mm -hmm. unfortunately i just I've had enough uh, drinks tonight that I can't yeah. remember exactly the same Jason sentence. Walden. <laughs> yeah. No, Thoreau mentions something very, very beautiful that uh he has been on many, many occasions, many um dinners, many by many tables, that there has been wine and food in abundance, but he felt the hospitality was very cold because there yeah. was no honesty there. Right. And totally. he left yeah and he left the house just so hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was no just, like, you know, sheer honesty and just innocence in that house. Yeah. And that's something that I always, like, it's in the back of my mind. Like, when I meet someone, when I hear a music, how much, like, the, of that luxury and how much of that, like, lush sound or lush color that that person or that group is representing mm-hmm. is pretensions, or how much of it is real. Right. And just coming deep from the heart. And, like... That to me, like, is Sopraternus. Like oh, yeah. She, it doesn't really matter, like, how much. If she had access to the whole orchestra, she would make a majestic music. If she just have a shitty, crappy, like, keyboard but, and in yeah. a cave, she would make her best, express all of her vulnerability, express yeah. her beauty and her purity of her emotions through her music. And that's what really touched me. Yeah, the very and, the very first time they heard it, yeah. and it's still to this day yeah. really touches me.
0: And I would prefer the one with the crappy keyboard over the orchestra, most likely, because yeah. it, it's like that first record. It, I mean, it's just it's just demos, and it's yeah. just it's got this stupid cover of like, this <laughs> skeleton in a yeah. cave thing, and it's got this it, it literally has a title that's like eighteen words long in German, mm-hmm. you know it's ridiculous stuff but it's it's so vulnerable it is. and she's I'm still doing it it's beautiful
1: yeah she's still
0: doing it yeah. and she has no recognition no recognition no like literally nobody knows this shit that's why i'm blown away that you know
1: it i mean nobody knows this shit. <laughs> but what, a, what a strange it. what a strange word yeah. Like yeah. you got touched by her music around the same age as I got touched but in a very two two different side of the world and... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And came together... Yeah. It just <laughs> like
0: happened... Yeah. And like literally I... Like
1: it's funny because like, it you played on Devendor, podcast. And it's because I played Renaissance and like it's such a like a very amazing like string of coincidences that it, That's what I was saying. I was saying. Like, like okay so like you know what her... That the Vogue Devil Dot reminded me of this. And I, I swear I didn't have it on my list. And I that, did not have a super so alternative on my list. That's exactly what I told you. I when had I when played you... pretty much everything that I had on my list except like a couple. Because it just didn't match the yeah. vibe of the of the podcast. And then you played Devil dog. I was like, okay, so it just reminded me of this, or should I play it? And that's why I actually gave you the options. I was like, you know, I have this and I have that and I have that. Yeah.
0: But that's and what I'm just I was saying. I'm so like,
1: happy I played that because yeah, you know that's, that's what nev- I'm saying. Is is yeah.
0: like that's th- this works best, dude.
1: I when failed when you go off script. I failed for almost twelve years to find someone that can understand Super Alternates and talk to him, talk to him, or talk to her. Because for two or three persons, I've played Super Alternates mm-hmm. just this song, nothing else from the first album, and this is like a pretty nice production and mm-hmm. like a clean production. Yeah. I played for two or three people. One of them was my cousin. Two of them were my, were my friends. And everyone just, like, despised it. They, they hated it. Even, like, my cousin, as I say, he, he left it. She she left in the middle of the song. And I was like, okay. So, like, you know, apparently I just have to keep this very dear to my heart and yeah. just have it for myself. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Well. That's what I'm saying is, like,
0: this works best when you go off script and you, something informs like what you're gonna play and um, <sighs> yeah, it didn't would... seem like Eric really cared for it that much either when I, <laughs> but I, I but I played like really rudimentary
1: like yeah super early you know well Eric, I hope you hear this podcast and I hear I hope that you you might yeah you just. Listen to this version of Super <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't dig already the first album or the first demos. Yeah. But yeah, this is bizarre and beautiful music. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. And we, we covered death metal. We covered doom. Mm-hmm. We covered some obscure folk. We covered black metal. Yeah, that's we true. We covered 70s Prague. Yeah. 80s Prague. And now 90s bizarreness. Yeah. Like whatever the hell that... <laughs> whatever the hell that
0: shit is. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. I think it's about time to stop. Um, I'm going to play one song. Okay. To lead us out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Well, go for it. Let's do it. Okay. So... I'm going to lead this up with a little, little story about this band. Okay. So this is an Italian doom metal band that for me were incredibly important. A band that not many people know about, but there was something about this band that for me was absolutely perfect. And I always loved them, but there was one time where I was taking a a Greyhound bus from Montana, from Bozeman, Montana, to Minneapolis, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. which on the Greyhound was about a two and a half day ride. And I listened to this record.
1: Experience that I had on Greyhound. Oh, yeah.
0: Like, like seriously, long. And a lot of that, a lot of that is just flat, nothing. Marty
1: Hill, Nebraska. Marty Hill, Hill, (laughs) Nebraska.
0: Marty Hill, Nebraska. Marty Hill, Dakota, and Marty Hill, Eastern Montana. And I just, you know, I was like, fuck, at the time I was... 2021 maybe and you know like three days on this Greyhound bus in the middle of nowhere totally desolate but I had this one CD Mm -hmm. and it was a friend's band a friend of mine's band and I always loved it but after sitting there for so many hours in the dark in the middle of nowhere listening to this record it just gave it a whole new meaning and like i said i don't think a lot of people know this band so let's close it out with a little bit of this
1: shit yeah please do (laughs)
0: This is literally probably my favorite doom metal record ever.
1: Even more than a cathedral. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, cathedral is amazing, but this is a whole nother,
1: whole nother thing. It's a beautiful intro, by the way.
0: just, I listened to this on repeat for like three days straight. Did you have a CD player? Yeah, like a little CD Walkman. Just haunted me. And later I was lucky enough to release many records on the main guy's label. He has a label based out of Italy that I worked with closely many, many times. A No, but you're very close. 1995. Italy. Yep. just wanted to play this.
2: That's all I wanted. Oh. oh.
1: Okay.
0: Okay, here we are.
1: <laughs> Is this November? No. No?
0: no i listened to this like oh this part 3 a.m middle of north dakota no lights anywhere on a greyhound headphones cd walkman all you can see is black everywhere and you're on a very straight road for hours and hours and hours and hours and this is on repeat no mountains no hills just just desolate nothing North Dakota by yourself
2: Just a little hint <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Could not think of any band
0: No Other than Brad Cause uh, Like nobody knows this band at all Who are they? Ross Algethy.
1: Never heard of
0: The album is called Onericon The White Hypnotic Mm-hmm. Ross Algethy. Was made up of an uh, old friend of mine, Maro Berchi, who owns Ibon Records. Oh. He also was one of the main men from the Italian Doom Legends, Monumentum. Wow. And yep. after no Monumentum. Yep, after Monumentum, he formed Ross Algethy. They did one record, which is probably my favorite Doom record ever which we are just listening to. Mm-hmm. And after that, he formed Kanan, which is, they're still around. Kanan is still mm-hmm. around. Um, fantastic. Doom band. Um, he also did, uh, fuck, like so many different, different projects, but those were like the, the main ones. Um. But yeah, like that was, for me, that was his shining moment. Ross Algethi.
1: It was beautiful. Uh,
0: they had one record and then one demo thing that I think it was avant-garde that released it, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think avant-garde released both of them, actually. But so good. Like, so like downtrodden. All clean vocals. And just... It's, it feels so, like just totally desperate yeah the whole thing just feels
1: yeah uh, no, it was very melancholic and very yeah you know not very complicated music but very real and passionate and yeah. honest
0: yeah perfect for North Dakota and Eastern <laughs> Montana in the middle of the night when you're just hurtling See. through the highways not seeing anything but blackness everywhere I can't imagine that. Yeah,
1: that's Russell Gethy. I've never, never been in North Dakota. Been in South Dakota, and so love this state. South Dakota is beautiful. Not all of it, really. Not all of it, but the Black Hills are gorgeous. Yeah, Black Hills are okay. I mean, for Midwest, there is gorgeous. Yeah, what? Okay. I mean for Midwest. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's okay. No, no, no. I'll, I'll take that back. It is gorgeous. Not just for Midwest, really. It's, it's Black different. Hills, yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. I All mean, right. I, I I went to some like very weird like spots of Black Hills, and it was pretty. I I mean, North Northwest now, and I see the beauty of it. But that's beautiful too. But North Dakota, I've never been there. I've never heard anything positive.
0: Well, no, there's nothing there. I mean, and most of South
1: Dakota, like. You've got... Yeah, most of it is, like, North Dakota.
0: Yeah, I mean, South Dakota, like, west of South... Like, the western part of South Dakota.
1: Where the Black Hills are. Black Hills.
0: And then you start getting into Wyoming. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Like, northern Wyoming is awesome. But, like, southern Wyoming is... No. It's nothing. It's awful. No mountain. Yeah. There's nothing there.
1: Yeah. It's like... Because west of South Dakota and west of Nebraska are very... It's a very beautiful stretch. It starts with the Badlands in Nebraska, and it gets to the Black Hills mm-hmm. in South Dakota. It's pretty beautiful. One of the most original landscapes that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Not not very touched. It's not like very crowded, very like, you know, busy yes.
2: with mm-hmm. people.
1: The <sighs>
0: northern Northern Wyoming is. Like, from, like, Sturgis. Yeah. Like, if you're taking that highway from South Dakota up through Wyoming into Sturgis, you can either go north into Montana, Mm -hmm. up to Billings, or you can go west into Wyoming. And Wyoming is interesting. Much like Montana, much like most of those places there, it's, it's a dichotomy. Yeah. Where... You know Montana. You have Western Montana that's like ins- extremely mountainous, extremely gorgeous, and then you have Eastern that's just nothing. Where Wyoming is, Southern nothing. Mm-hmm. Northern Wyoming is amazing. Yep, yeah. like one of the best yeah. places to ever exist. Most of Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. Uh, all of the the Grand Teton. Like amazing.
1: Yeah, amazing. There, there's a town in, uh, I think, western Wyoming uh, that is actually one of the most expensive towns in the country. Yeah, Jackson Hole. Jackson. Yeah, Jackson oh. Hole. Yeah.
0: So, I know it very well. I grew up eh, about an hour and a half from there. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Bozeman's eh, about an hour and a half, maybe, no idea. from there. Yep. Well, Soulfly
1: played in Jackson. There you go.
0: Yeah, so did <laughs> so uh, Velnius, so did Dreadnought. I mean, they they have... A, oh, really? Yeah, they have a huge festival there every year.
1: Not oh, huge, yeah. but
0: yeah. Um, they have a festival there I every year. I think it's a
1: festival that like, uh, that, uh, uh, Montanian band, uh, black metal band, Archidontodal. Yes, or, yeah, I yeah
0: Akra, Akron Thodel yes they play there okay so another little small point of interest Mm -hmm. um most of those guys are like 20 something yeah but the drummer i went to high school with oh yeah he was in my graduating class i i was yeah friends with him all through high school
1: interesting yeah yeah the guitar player is micah uh
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and their bass player is tanner and
0: I mean, I mean tenor yeah yeah,
1: yeah
0: tenor. uh-huh yeah tenor i don't know how to pronounce it or heart whatever Earn. yeah
1: but yeah micah i met him at the at the migration yeah
0: yeah yeah all those guys are montana kids um, yeah their drummer shiloh lad and i went to high school with and wow. shiloh was like one of the few metal kids in our high school at the time
1: yeah so yeah so actually something interesting about Montana. um a couple of weeks ago, I came across a band on Metal Archives that is from Montana. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a folk band, but it has so many records out and this is kind of like a solo project. And this guy is like, I, I forgot the name, but he's like touring and he has played shows in Europe and I was surprised to see like there is someone from Montana that is like so big in like folk hmm. kind of a... yeah. Do you remember the name? Unfortunately, I don't, but I remember there were so many people even like, they know that they liked his Facebook page. Hmm. Do you know anyone from Bozeman that is like big?
0: No, no.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I think
0: we're good. Done? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, how was it? it was great how was it for you oh it was great yeah
1: yeah nice